What's up, everybody, and welcome to the podcast, Dog Mom Mentality, where we strive to play with dogs and not emotions. I am your virtual bestie, Caroline, and I have my furry friend here, Layla, and we are going to give you a break from your day to talk about all things dogs and emotional well-being. If you have ever been emotionally affected by your dog, then this is the podcast for you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. It is the second episode of 2023. We are back in business. We took, what was it? I guess like two months off, December, most of January. And so this is the first guest episode back on the podcast in 2023. And what is funny is that today's guest is, she was the first guest in 2022 as well. So she was on the the first episode of 2022 whenever we talked about setting goals as a dog mom or a dog owner and how to incorporate your dogs into your New Year's resolutions and intentions. And then this year, she came back on as the first guest and we are talking all about our dogs love languages and we talk about how to utilize those to get to know your dog better communicate better with them but then we also talk about our love languages our partners love languages how we can utilize them to communicate with each other and you know even communicate to like our best friend or in the workplace and we also kind of flipped it and said like whenever we're not getting our love language whenever we're not receiving that that's when we feel like frustrated or out of alignment and like just not ourselves so today's guest is Blair she is a millennial wine loving dog mom who loves to share everything about living a full and fabulous life with dogs she is the personality behind the social media account and blog the dink dog mom which is a dual-income, no-kids lifestyle blog for badass women who live adventurously and love their dogs like family. So if you didn't know what a dink was, it is a double-income, no-kids. If you've heard of a dink wad, that is a double-income, no-kids with a dog. (laughs) All the acronyms. Um, Blair likes to chat about things like how to raise a happy dog, fun treat recipes, and dog-friendly adventures. She shared with me that her dogs are constantly inspiring her to do more things like be outdoors or just be more present in the moment, which is something that we talk about in our discussion here as well. This episode comes out just in time for Valentine's Day, so it comes out I think like four or five days before Valentine's Day, Galentine's Day, whatever you like to celebrate. So you can learn your dog's love language, you can learn your love language, you can learn your partners, your best friends, your moms, whoever's love language, and then treat yourself and treat them, including your dog, with their love language on the upcoming holiday. However you celebrate it, whatever way you want to, just be sure that you are being intentional about it. And I hope that you learn a little bit about yourself or your dog or your loved one in this process so that you can better communicate with them. You can show them love better. You can tell them how to show you love better. And it's just all going to be a lovely little happy world. And once you figure out your love language and your dog's love language, be on the lookout for a post on my Instagram where we're going to all share 
how we like to receive love and how our dog likes to receive love. I think it's going to be such a cool conversation to just see all the differences and then see what other people say to get you inspired as well. Okay, all you bad dog moms, let's get into this episode with Blair. Okay, well, you are our first guest, Blair. Back in 2023, you were our first guest in 2022. Now you're our first guest in 2023. So I'm like, okay, this is just gonna become become a thing. Yeah, um, a ritual. Yearly yeah, ritual. yeah, a yearly ritual, which is is nice. And I'm, I, yeah, I'm just, I'm really excited to have you on and catch up a bit and see what you guys have been into because you've been taking some trips. Um, were you moved? completely to what where is it san francisco sacramento sacramento yeah. were you moved there this time last year we had just moved okay so we moved right after thanksgiving i was thinking about that earlier where i was like oh my gosh so it was like i don't even think we had fully unpacked at that point right um i was still getting used to the city um it's been a lot of like this past year has been a lot of like exploring sacramento and home projects which are you know, fun and not fun yeah. at the same time. Um, so yeah, so now this year, our goal really is to um, explore more of the region. So like Northern California, there's so much, you know, the the joke actually is that like, there's not a lot in Sacramento, but in two hours, you can get to anything. So right. like two hours is Tahoe, two hours is wine country, two hours is San Francisco. Okay. So like, there's a lot of like nature and hiking and stuff that we want to do this year and like road trips. Um, so I'm pretty excited for 2023. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I was thinking about our episode last year because it was all about goals and like resolutions and what are the difference between like resolutions and intentions and all these different things. And you had a great blog post on that, just like inspiring people to set goals for their dogs and also themselves. And one of them was to invest in yourself. And I remember during our conversation last year, I was like, this is going to be like my year for investing in myself. The year prior was all about Layla. This year's all about myself. And like now that I look back collectively on the year of 2022, I'm like that it really was like about myself. I had like a lot of growth with myself. I spent like a lot of money on myself, which is like really cool. Um, there were just like so many things, like whenever I was thinking about it, I was like, I, I talked all about this with Blair and like yeah. it manifests. Yeah. That's like how it came to be. So that was really, really cool. Um, to just kind of look back on that and think of it. Yeah. I think that's really shown in a lot of your content too. Like you've, I feel like your conversation has really shifted to like, can you draw a little bit of, of space between like your dog and yourself? You know, right. like there are things you can accomplish with your dog and your relationship with your dog is great, but like you still have to have that relationship with yourself. Um, and totally. I feel like that's shown up a lot in your content, which has been really cool. Yeah. It's, oh, thank you for that. First off, um, that really kind of like leads into what today's topic is going to be about is love languages. And you wrote about it for dogs, but then like, I'm thinking about it so much that, you know, you can use love languages for your partner, for a friend and for yourself, like kind of knowing how you like to receive, how you like to be shown love and like 
not only can other people show you love that way, but you can show yourself love that way, which kind of goes back to like, you know, putting some space in between you and your dog and being able to give yourself that, that time that you need or that's, you know, gift, whatever it may be that you need. Yeah. It's so funny. I feel like we're so quick to think about how we can improve relationships with others. And we always forget about the relationship with ourselves Mm -hmm. and like, it it really is just like any other relationship. Like it needs intention behind it. You need to create time for it. Um, and yeah, I think we tend to, it's easy to prioritize that with other people or our dogs. Right. Um, it's a lot harder to do, to do for ourselves. Right. Totally. Yeah. I, I can attest to that like tenfold. Um, I feel like it's so hard to like, just take time to even like sit with yourself and be like, what do I even like? Or like, what do I even enjoy? And then because, you know, my therapist at one point was talking to me about, you know, what's Bobby's love language? What's my love language? How can we show that to each other? And there was like this really cool app that she showed me that was, it would like give you examples of different acts of, um, different love languages, like, you know, acts of services or quality time, whatever. And you could go in there and kind of like track what you did as like habit tracking or um, if you were like trying to improve. And uh, I just remember that's off topic, but I I remember her like talking to me about that and being like, well, what is yours? This was like this time last year. And I was like, I have no idea. Like, I don't know what my love language is. Like, I'm just out here doing everything else for other people. I know what this person's <laughs> is, but like, yeah. I have no idea what mine is. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's funny that, um, I don't know if you know this, the love languages came like, it's a book, right. From right. a guy named Gary Chapman. And um, it, it's like a, I don't want to say self-help book, but like a relationship mm-hmm. help book, I guess. But um, like, I, I guess I was gonna say my husband's really into it. But I don't even know. Like I'm okay. Full confession: I have not read the book. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if my husband has read the book. He he has the book and okay. he likes referring to it. Unsure if he's actually read it. <laughs> he'll, he'll listen to this podcast and be very quick to you know let me know. Yeah. But um, like between like with each other and even with some of our friends, we talk about love languages the way like some people talk about zodiac signs, right? You know, or like um, uh, what is it the bright uh. Briggs Myers test and things like right. that, right? Or the like, Enneagrams. You know, like, oh, you're such a Taurus, like, oh, yeah, such, like this is such a because your your love language is physical touch. Yeah, <laughs> that is so funny. But you're so true. Like, I feel like some people can hop on it like a trend, and it's mm-hmm. like it's one of those things that like sometimes things are trendy, and you're like you pick up on like the actual meaning behind it. Like if, if, you know, people are like, oh, that's just because you love physical touch or that's just because you're an acts of service kind of girl. It's like, okay, (laughs) that could be like a trend. And then if you actually pick up the meaning behind it and the intention behind like the trend, then that's amazing. That's great. But I feel like so many people are just like easy to say, I'm this and move on and like never go into it anymore. Yeah. And I think it's like, it's one of those things, you know, I, like I said, full confession, I've not read the book. So it's like, I'm not out here pretending like I'm like the love language expert. Like I'm not a psychologist, you know, I'm not a therapist, but I think that there's like, when you kind of read up on them, like you kind of get the general idea and then you can get as in depth as you want. Like, I think there's different levels. So it's like, like the app is probably like 
really accessible for people. Like you don't, right. have, you know what I mean? It's not like super in-depth psychology. It's just like, these are the actions that you can take. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it's, it's a very accessible concept. Like it's right. really easy for people to understand and like, it's very actionable also, which is nice. Totally. And I think like the purpose behind the app, which I could, I forget like exactly what it was called. I mean, I could look it up, I'm sure. I don't actually use it. I just remember my therapist talking about it. And it was like, so if you are one of those people where you're like, I actually, I don't do anything. My partner does all the work. He does this for me. He's so good or they're so good. Like, and I don't, I don't contribute anything. This app is really good for those kinds of people so that they can kind of track like what they're doing for their partner's love language and then go back and look at it and be like, oh, actually like I do contribute because I do all yeah. of these things. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like somebody who is quote unquote putting in all the work, like say they always do the dishes or they're always like picking up the house. Like it could be that their, their love language is acts of service. Like that's right. how they're showing their love. Whereas if their love, like their receiving love language is physical touch, it might mean way more for you to like cuddle up with them on the couch right. than it would be for you to do the dishes. Totally. Totally. That makes sense. So you talk about it in like a dog owner perspective. Yes. How did that like come to you? How was this idea born? So I honestly don't remember exactly. I think it was literally just like a eureka type moment. Yeah. Where it we love that. Me. Yeah. Like it was. Because like I said, like my husband and I always, I don't want to say joke about the love languages, but we always talk about the love languages. Um, and I think it just, so this last year, especially I've been um, sort of, I don't know, digging into this idea that like your relationship with your dog is really just like any relationship with anybody else. Like, you know, if it's a friendship or, you know, your relationship with your partner, like it is a relationship. Um, and I think in the history of dog guardianship if you will um it's been a bit really imbalanced relationship of like you know owner dog owner and then like dogs who are just here to like serve their master right right and I think right now there's this this shift in this idea like you're more of like a partner with your Mm -hmm. dog yeah and a partnership it's a collaborative relationship which makes it so much easier I think like it takes away a lot of the stress or pressure for your dog to like be a certain way and one of the nice things about the love languages, like with people, because like you said, it can apply to your partner, it can apply to a friend, it could apply to parents, like it can apply to any relationship. But it kind of like, number one, it shows you what you're doing right. And then number two, it kind of shows you like, oh, like if this person, like say your love language is physical touch, and like you're always trying to hold your partner's hand, and they're not like that interested in holding your hand, that could be really hurtful to right. you until you realize well, that's not their love language. So either I need to say like, I need to hold hands for me or like, you don't have to take it personally. It doesn't mean they don't love you. It's just not their love language. And that concept for me really applied to dogs, Mm -hmm. right? So I think like a lot of times dogs are sort of pigeonholed in this like dogs are happy-go-lucky. They love people. They love dogs. They want to play fetch. They want to go swimming you know, they want to do all these things. And that's not true. Like dogs are individuals. And so um, like one of the examples I like to give is Margot, one of my dogs is not super snuggly. Sometimes she is, but a mm-hmm. lot of times she like, 
doesn't always want to be pet. She wants to be near you, but she doesn't right. want to constantly be pet. And at, like when we first got her, I was kind of like, oh, like I want to snuggle with you. you know? Yeah, like, that's how Layla is you? too. She doesn't really like to be super cuddled. Yeah. And at first it was kind of like, I was like, oh, like, is our relationship not that good? Right. Like, does she not trust me? And then when I, when I thought of it through the lens of a love language, I was like, oh, no, that's just like not, <laughs> not her cup of tea. And I think it makes it a little bit easier to like let go of some of those preconceived notions or expectations um, and sort of like, I don't know, meet your dog where they're at, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love anything that takes like a mental health psychology like topic and relates it to dog ownership. And so like even though this isn't super – mental health related you know it is it is about relationships and like awareness and you know communication and figuring out one another and so I kind of group it into that like emotional intelligence mental health kind of category so like I love anything that takes that and relates it to dogs just because I think it's so easy for people to comprehend it a little bit better whether it's like from you're showing it from the dog side and then you're you know relating it back to a mental health or emotional topic or you're taking this like very widely known concept of love languages and applying it to dogs because I think it just makes it so much sense especially about like the taking it personally because that was me Mm -hmm. like I I had the same problem with Layla where she wasn't very cuddly and I just was like wow this like what am I doing wrong this dog sucks, like, you know, like, either I blame it on her, or, like, I blame myself, or, like, whatever. That real audio, you know, the the audio on Instagram, where it's like, is it me? Right. Am I the drama? (laughs) Yeah. Is it me? Am I the problem? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that, and same thing goes for, like, I have struggled, and I still do a lot, whenever, like, Layla enjoys being very independent, sniffing, being on her own leading kind of thing and then you know you see all these dogs with the constant check-ins and they're right beside their owner and you know they're they're right there and I used to think like wow that's like why is why doesn't Layla come to me that much why doesn't she trust Mm -hmm. me why isn't she constantly checking in why does she have to be so independent kind of thing and you said it perfectly whenever I took like the dog love languages test, her love language is acts of service. She likes the action of like doing the thing. Like she loves the, the sniffy time. Like she loves being on that adventure by herself. Um, or like she loves like doing the thing and it kind of, you know, sums it up perfectly for us is I'm like, come on, be near me, be near me, be near me. (laughs) And she's like, no, I want to be independent doing the thing. Like I want to be doing the sniffing or doing the hiking. (laughs) And like I had to realize that and accept it in order to like actually move forward and, you know, be okay. Not take it so personally. And I think with, you know, with dogs, it's tricky because like if it's with a, like a partner or a friend, you can always tell them like, Mm -hmm. I need this because this is my love language. Dogs, obviously, although they, they have like the mental capacity of a toddler, you know, they don't, right. you can't necessarily say like, I need to cuddle. So you're yeah. cuddle. <laughs> but I think like for us as like dog owners, we can then think like, okay, if I know my dog, is like, so Layla's love language is acts of service, which 
you know, especially I can kind of see this in like your training reels. She probably picks up on tricks really quickly. Right. She loves to work, loves to learn. That's her showing love to you. So then yeah. you can retrain that as like, okay, like we may not snuggle, but look at how hard she works for me. That's like a sign of love in our totally. relationship. Yeah. It's like a total mindset shift. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's really, really great. So I guess for those that don't know, what are the five love languages and what are some examples of each? Yeah. So the five love languages are uh, physical touch, words of affirmation, receiving gifts, acts of service, and quality time. Um, And it's funny, I'll say when I first started thinking about dog love languages, obviously, again, like I'm not a psychologist. I'm also not like a dog trainer behaviorist. So I'm coming at this as like a total total amateur. Yeah, we're owners here. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but uh, I was thinking about it. At first I was like, well, will the love languages be the same? Or like, will I come up with new categories for dog, dog love languages? And I kind of actually like poked around and thought about it a lot. And I really felt like the overlap was there. Like they're they're the same. So physical touch um, for like people that's going to be, you know, like hand holding or like curling up on the couch together, hugs, um, that sort of, so, you know, like uh, it's funny because my husband, his love language is physical touch and mine is not. Mm-hmm. I think and, most um, males are physical touch for at least like yeah. one of their love languages. Yeah. Um, I like, I don't like giving hugs. Like I'm not a hugger. And so like, um, like even when my husband and I first started dating, it was like, I kind of had to have this intentional shift of like, (laughs) like, this is what he needs. But like, you know, I think some of my friends are big huggers and like, I will hug them because I recognize that as their love language. It is not mine. Um, and then for dogs, these are going to be, you know, dogs that love physical affection. So the dogs that, and and probably from anybody, anybody Mm -hmm. who's willing to scratch their ears or their belly, Um, I always think about these dogs as they're probably good candidates for therapy work because they do love physical attention. Um, Words of affirmation uh, is, I mean, it's literally in the name. Yeah. (laughs) These are, so for people, this is going to be, you know, verbal things. So saying, I love you, or, you know, even things like telling someone they did a good job or you're proud of them, um, verbal acknowledgement Mm -hmm. of things. Um, for dogs, uh, I don't know, warning here of incoming dog mom voice. You know, they're like, oh my goodness, who's a good girl? Who's a good girl? Yeah. You know, dogs who get really, really jazzed about, you know, the, the voice and um, they probably get really excited about like squeaky toys or yeah. things that have really weird noises. Or like certain words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The dog, and like, I always think about these dogs as like really tuned in to their owner's, um, like tone, body language. It's like they pick up on it, which is kind of a double-edged sword. Like it's really great because like you can really hype them up with the verbal praise. Yeah. But if you're having like an off day or like, you know, they're the kind of dogs where like if you snap at them, they like cower. Right, (laughs) right. Yeah, just really Um, like super sensitive to energy. Yeah, yeah. And then um, receiving gifts. So for people, this is, um, you know, little thoughtful gifts, whether it's, um, oh, I bought, you know, I brought you coffee this morning or I made you breakfast um, to, you know, to actual gifts. Like mm-hmm. I bought you this thing um, and, you know, not necessarily big gifts. Usually it's like it's small things. Right. Um, and for dogs, this is really like 
dogs that are like super treat or toy motivated, but not like motivated to work. Like I want to get the treat for the treat sake, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or like I love, you know, getting new toys. These are the dogs that are really going to want to sniff around. Um, but it's, and you know, June's love language is receiving gifts. And it's funny because like she works really hard and is good with training to an extent, but you can tell that like, she's not working because she enjoys the work. She's like getting the treat. Like I want that gift. Yeah. Yeah. That makes <laughs> um, sense. She's really sloppy in, <laughs> in her training. Okay. Um, Which yeah. that's okay. I mean, you yeah. know, I mean, whatever yeah. it needs to we're be not, for you, competing. but it's, it's, yeah, exactly. But it's, it's funny that you're like, yeah, she'll like halfway put her butt down and she yeah. thinks that's a sit so she can get the tree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or it's like, oh, I tell her to lay down and she like flings herself on the ground and then jumps back up. I'm like, no, you gotta, you gotta stay down. We're working on duration here. That's so funny. Um, yeah. Which, okay. So perfectly moves into acts of service, um, which is kind of the opposite. So for people, this is going to be the, um, you know, doing, doing acts of kindness type mm-hmm. of thing. So like the, the making breakfast or, um, I don't know, opening a door for you or cleaning the house, doing the dishes, things like that. And then for dogs, these are the the dogs that love to work. And so they love learning new things. They would um, probably excel at dog sports because mm-hmm. they love doing the thing for the thing, you know, like they will right. jump off that dock because jumping off the dock is really fun. They don't need the, the treat or probably even the toy at the end of it. They're there for the jump. Um, and I think you can see the difference in training when you're training those kind of dogs. Yeah. And I think like you could probably like even with that one, say like most, you know, working breeds are probably going to yeah. be acts of service. Yeah. Especially dogs um, that have been trained to work with people. You right. know? So like the the Australian Shepherds, the Border yeah. Collies, um, those are definitely going to be acts of service kind of dogs. Um, and I think those are the dogs too that are more thoughtful when they're working. So they're like the, I, um, the problem solvers. Right. So like I can tell yeah. Margot, who's an Australian Shepherd, she is a lot more thoughtful when we train. June is just like, what do you what are, what are you trying to get me to do? I lay down, sit. What what are you trying to get me to do? That's funny. Uh, what yeah. kind of uh, she's she's a mix, right? June is June. Yeah, yeah. she's like a super mutt mix. Okay. Um, she's Chow Boxer. Pitbull, Lab, Husky, German Shepherd Dog, and okay. then like a super mix of different things. Right. Um, okay. So the last love language is quality time. And um, this is kind of the same for people and dogs where it's just spending, like intentionally spending good quality time with someone. And so this is like putting your phone away during conversations, um, you know, sitting at a coffee shop and talking for hours going on a walk and just being together, but like without um, any of those barriers. So I feel like, especially today's society, like people tend to pull out their phone right. or they're going to listen to music or they're going to like have a TV on in the background. Um, and that's, you know, that's not quality time. Mm-hmm. So with dogs, it's really the same where it's like, you know, the dog that wants to be in the same room with you, maybe not necessarily in your lap, but they just want to be with you. They're, you know, they probably would rather be with uh, you just one-on-one than at a dog park with 10 other dogs right. or with 10 other people, you know, like they really cherish that sort of one-on-one time. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And especially about 
you know, putting the phone away, turning the TV off, um, turning the podcast off. If you're listening to this, don't turn it off though. (laughs) Just kidding. dogs, right? I don't know if if Layla's like this. Oh, she can totally tell. Like if I'm halfway distracted. Yeah. Yeah. She, she can tell. And she, I swear, like, this is probably a little bit of what's it called? Anti, um, anthropomorphism. I cannot say that word. Anthropomorphism. Yes, anthropomorphism. <laughs> yes. I was like, I know what word I'm trying to get out. But like, this might be a little bit of that. But like, I swear she takes advantage of me whenever, <laughs> like, if we're walking and like, I get a text and I check my phone, she's like, mom's on her phone. I'm going to do the thing. Like, yeah, I, you know what I mean? Like, she's, I swear, like, I think she, she picks up on it and she's like, well, if she's not paying attention to me, then I don't have to pay attention to her kind of thing. 100%. And you know, what's funny is sometimes in the morning, um, you know, I talk a lot on my Instagram about coffee and cuddles. That's like my morning yeah. routine, right? Have my cup of coffee with my dogs. And, um, Margo, usually June, June is not a morning dog, so she sleeps in, but Margo will come downstairs with me. And Margo has like straight up slapped my phone out of my hand. Oh, Layla like, she does comes too. over and sits next to me and just like straight up paws and like slaps my phone out of my hand. It's like, yeah. excuse me, this is our quality morning time. Yeah. No, Layla does that exact same thing. And it's so funny because I was actually like on a TikTok rabbit hole sometime just watching service dogs for like um mental health and for like I got on this one for like disassociating and one mm-hmm. of the tasks that dogs do for disassociating is literally slap your phone out of your hand because oh my god like doom scrolling and like disassociating oh, totally. like on your phone and I was like Layla would be perfect she'd be the perfect yeah. candidate for this we wouldn't really even have to teach her <laughs> she does it anyways Margo does it already yeah exactly yeah I thought that was so funny um I really, I just love this idea of the uh, love languages for dogs. And whenever I was like reading your article and and thinking about it, it like reminds me of the phrase that's everywhere, which is train the dog in front of you. And I feel Mm -hmm. like that's thrown around a lot, which is great and fine, but nobody ever is like, okay, well, you know, train the dog in front of you. Okay, well, my dog is like this. She enjoys this. This is what we like to do together. Like this is, so this is how we're going to to solve problems or, you know, spend time together or create this bond. Um, I feel like it kind of stops at that train the dog in front of you. And so I feel like mm-hmm. looking at it from the love language perspective, it's like, okay, here is like, here's the the solution almost like it's pointing you at more towards like the right the right direction or like this is the path you should go down if your dog likes access yeah. service then like you should do more of this stuff to fulfill them um and i think it just provides like a really lovely path towards what you could be doing with your dog instead of just stopping at that like okay here's the dog in front of me now now what do I even do to like build a bond yeah yeah so what are some of the benefits you have seen since having this love language mindset or perspective with your own dogs have you seen anything like really come out of it or like had any kind of like oh crap moments or like mind-blowing moments that eureka moments I guess is what I should say yeah yeah, so I think honestly for me the the biggest um moments have been like my own personal mind shifts. Right. So um I know the dogs benefit because um 
one of one of the most annoying things about dog ownership is like your behavior and mood and they impact your dog so heavily, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, and because they're dogs, like you can't just be like, "Hey, man, I'm sorry, I'm just having a tough day." Right. Like your dog doesn't, you know what I mean? It's not like with a, like a partner or friend, we're like, "Hey, I'm sorry if I'm like a little pissy today. I'm just having a bad day." Like you can't do that with your dog. So for me, it's like um, you know, earlier we were talking about June and her love language is receiving gifts, and she's very sloppy in her training. So my last dog, her love language was definitely like acts of service and words of affirmation. Like she would have worked like to the end with praise alone. Like she did not need anything that was just, and she was very like problem solving, worked hard. And so it took me a long time to like, I was like, oh, like June, like, why won't you just lay down? Like stay down. Like, I'm, right. why is your, and even when we practice duration, like she's still just, she's so amped up for the trees that she jumps up. And like thinking about it through the lens of love language really helped me let go of that, um, expectation, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what does it matter? Like she lays down when I a- ask her to, right. And like, we've never really been in a situation where like, she has to hold a downstay for a really long time. Cause at restaurants, she's really good at naturally settling um, because we don't have treats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so, or, you know, like if she sits and it's the sloppy sit, like we're again, we're not competing in rally. We're not doing obedience trial. So what is it? matter like she's having fun training for me is um sort of twofold part of it is to make sure my dogs can like navigate the human world successfully um and part of it is to like enrich their lives right Mm -hmm. like dog training is to give them something to think about something to do so like if june's having a good time what does it matter if her sit is crooked like it really right and i think it really helped me sort of let go of those expectations which has made training a lot more fun for yeah. me yeah. then it's like you know what I mean like it doesn't matter how it looks it doesn't matter how straight or still or whatever it is like we're having a good time and June's having a good time and then um it's also helped me you know like I'm pretty busy I have a full-time job and sometimes dog enrichment can be a little overwhelming especially you know being on social media you see people creating these like over the top right topple artwork and like <laughs> yeah i mean like masterpieces and there's like you know all kinds of enrichment activities and you know boxes to shred and all these things which is so wonderful but sometimes it's like oh man like am i doing enough Um, and thinking about it from the love languages, it's like, okay, like I know June has, you know, she's receiving gifts. She loves sniffing. So if I can just spend five minutes hiding treats and letting her sniff them out, she's going to be thrilled. Mm -hmm. Like she's going to be super happy. And so it kind of helps you, you know, I don't need to do, um, really intense long training sessions with her because acts of service is not her thing. And you can tell like she she loves training because she loves the treats, but she, her bandwidth is short, like mm-hmm. five, 10 minutes is about her top before she starts getting, I don't want to say frustrated, but just sort of like, um, you can just tell she gets more sloppy right. or like she's not problem solving as much. Anymore. It's almost like she's kind of getting bored yeah. of the activity. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and, and like for Layla, uh, we did a training session this morning that was about 20 minutes you know, yeah. it was Jean- really long, <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, by, so like if your dog, it, your dog's love language is active service and you're like, well, I don't need to do like some over the top frozen topple, like we're right. going to get way more enjoyment if I can just dedicate 
time Mm -hmm. to like for like a really fun training session. Yeah. So I think it helps filter that out and you don't have to feel guilty about not doing literally everything. Yeah. That makes so much sense. And it kind of goes back to like what I said earlier, what my therapist said about, you know, that app, it was just so that you could kind of go back and be like, oh, like I actually have contributed in a way that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. And in a way that's like meaningful to your dog. So it's like, you know, if your dog like isn't really into training like June, you don't have to be like, well, what's like, oh, I haven't done, you know, I haven't trained my dog in like three days. Like I'm a horrible dog owner. Like, Mm -hmm. no, like that's not, that that's not as meaningful to your dog as, you know, the sniffy game or right or the cuddles um, on the couch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's another one where like I think people forget that physical affection is a form of enrichment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, that makes sense. I bet the dogs that love physical affection are great at grooming. <laughs> right? They're just like yes. Like, have you seen the the Instagram reel of the golden retriever that has like his majestic chest yes. tooth, like curled? Yes, like, that's with the Dyson. Right? Yes. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. that's definitely not Layla. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Not June, not Margot. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Okay. So to flip the script a little bit, we, and we've kind of already talked about this, like just knowing your love language can be so beneficial to like tell other people, like how you, you like to communicate or like to receive, um, you know, love or, and just doing it for yourself. But I feel like there's this whole saga right now of people who are dog moms and like, that's it. And just like, they are kind of in this identity crisis of like, who, like, what do I even like besides being a dog owner? Because they have become like, so just into the process, which I get like, that was, that was 2021 for me. And like, I realized that. So like in 2022, I was like, okay, like I have to figure out what what are like some other things that I enjoy doing like you know besides being Layla's mom and being a dog right. owner just because like especially if you're going through reactivity or any kind of training challenges you just get engulfed with it um mm-hmm. and so what what is your love language if you ha- if you don't care to share and like has it changed over time and how did you even figure it out so my love language is words of affirmation. And um, I think it has always been words of affirmation. And I, you know, I don't even, I don't know how I figured it out. I think it was just when I first learned about the different love languages and like what they meant, I was just like, oh, word, words of affirmation. Like I just knew. Um, I know if um, for anybody who's listening, if they're like not as sure, there are quizzes you can take. Quizzes right. like, in, you know, Gary Chapman, you can buy the book and read a little bit more. Um, but one of the things that like made it really clear for me is how am I inclined to show love to other people? Mm-hmm. Um, and I should also say like most people don't have just one love language. Right. So, you can you have know, like a mix. People, you can, you can have all five. Now, right. usually people have sort of like a primary mode, um, and then sort of, you know, secondary and you can also, um, how you show love can also be different than how you like to receive love. Um, and so it's, you know, that, that kind of makes it a little bit murky, I guess. But um, I did notice, like, I was, I'm very quick to um, praise people. So like, I'm, you know, like, I tell my husband, I love him all the time. Um, I talk to the girl, you know, the dogs all the time. And, um, 
even at work, like I'm very quick to be like, Hey, that was so helpful. Thank you so much. Or like, you did such a great job here. Like I could just tell like, that's how I show appreciation to others. And so Mm -hmm. that's kind of is what made it dawn on me that I'm like, Oh, that's my love language. And I think it's, if you can recognize how you tend to show love to other people, I think that's helpful because if you can learn what their love language is, then you can, you have like a good base point of like, oh, like maybe the source of this conflict is because I'm not fulfilling this person's needs in the way they need them fulfilled. Right. Um, And then, you know, of course, knowing your own love language, you can sort of better advocate for what you need, uh, which, you know, is like we said earlier, it's, it's hard to prioritize yourself in that way sometimes or advocate for yourself. But um, something that I've talked a lot with my therapist about is better articulating my needs. So like recognizing and being able to put words behind it. Like, how am right. I feeling? Like, what is that in words? And so I think like, if you can think about it through the lens of a love language, you're like, like if your love language is physical touch, which I, I say a lot, cause I feel like it's just a really, easy, mm-hmm. a really easy example. If you've had a really hard day, you can come home and tell your partner, like, I just need a hug. Mm-hmm. Like I just need, or let's just sit on the couch and you can just hold me and that'll be great. Right. But yeah, I, and I will say, I don't think my love language has changed over time, but I've definitely, how I show love to others has changed because I have become more aware of love languages and the fact that people have different love languages. So like, um, that's actually something else I talk a lot about in therapy is, you know, things are rarely sort of like black and white or like right and wrong. Mm -hmm. So like assuming that everybody is filled by words of affirmation is not, not true. Right. You know, so it's, it's helped me be more intentional about how I um, show love or appreciation to other people in my life. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, So mine is also words of affirmation. And I think one of the ways that I knew that it was, and it's kind of like, it's because it's opposite. So it's because I realized that I like get really upset if there's like the lack of praise So, like, if I thought I did something good and I didn't get the praise, like, the words of affirmation, I felt really down. I felt like, oh, my gosh, did I not do something right? I was very, like, unsure and uncertain and self-conscious and insecure. And that's, like, (laughs) yeah. And so that's, like, how I figured out, like, this must be my my love language is because whenever I don't get it, I feel just, like – my world is ending. And then whenever I do get it, I feel, you know, warm and cuddly and like confident and sure of myself. Um, And so like that was a for sure sign that it was my love language. And it's nice to know because now I'm really into self-affirmations, whether they be Mm -hmm. on my phone or like me writing them down in in my journal or just like saying them to myself like, you know, while I'm walking or driving or whatever, um, I definitely give them out a lot as well, even to Layla. I'm like, oh, you're so strong. You're so yeah. fast. You're yep. you're a great dog. Look how cool you are. Look how independent you are. You're so smart. Just like <laughs> constantly like hyping her up. Um, and yeah, but like learning it from that perspective of kind of like whenever I don't get it, I'm like so unfulfilled, mm-hmm. 
you know, it kind of makes you think, well, if my partner's love language is physical touch and I'm not super into it, this must be how they feel when when they don't get yeah. it and they're they're unfulfilled. Um, it's like a really kind of twist on things. Yeah. So I'm so glad you brought up this idea of self-affirmations because it's something that I have started to incorporate more into my life. Um, very novice over here though, um, because I... Um, I, I realized several years ago that like, I don't celebrate my own achievements. And I think it's because I started to rely very heavily on external validation. Right. Um, and I think that really stems from like wanting to hear that praise from somebody else. Totally. Um, and so um, my first therapist before I had left Texas has ta- had talked about like being very intentional to celebrate your achievements. So like, when any, like when any, you complete a project or you did anything that you're proud of, even a little bit, like write it down and like verbalize it mm-hmm. um, so that you can start giving yourself that, right? you know, love, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, and so I love this idea of um, self-affirmations because I think people tend to dismiss that. It's like frou-frou, right. if you will, you know, like, oh, like a, you know, like a mantra or a self-affirmation. But if your love language is words of affirmation, that is incredibly powerful. And totally. that's that's really part of like your relationship with yourself. And I think one of the downsides of love, like, your primary love language being words of affirmation is you do tend to rely on external validation, mm-hmm. which is very unreliable. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so if you can start making that a habit of like your own self-affirmations, you start to kind of like empower yourself to, you know, be proud of an achievement, even if you didn't receive that praise from somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes with it, which this is probably like the uncomfortable, more woo-woo part, but sometimes like you have to sit with yourself and like figure out like what you need or like little you needed. Like I, I hear a lot of people, you know, talking about inner child work and like, what is it that your mm-hmm. five-year-old self needed? And, you know, I've done some meditations around that, which it, which are really cool. It's, it's a neat thing, but you like come out of it and you're like, wow, I really needed to hear that I was safe growing up. And, you know, maybe yeah. that's the reason I had all these nightmares. And so now it's like, you tell yourself that now to like, you know, kind of you know, you're safe. I'm taking care of you. I'm protecting you. And like, even though those aren't probably your typical words of affirmation or self-affirmations, they really help. (laughs) Like they really help. Especially like, um, I struggle a lot with anxiety. And so I think some of those words of affirmation, it's actually, this this is almost like a eureka moment in recording this podcast where I'm like, so much of my therapy work has been around verbalizing things. Mm -hmm you know, verbalizing how I feel or talking through like um, a cognitive distortion or something like that. And I think like a lot of that stems from this words of affirmation. Right. Um, and, you know, words are very powerful mm-hmm. and like we kind of forget how often we speak to ourselves and how um, critical we can be of ourselves. Right. And so I do think, you know, especially if you struggle with anxiety, even saying things like, you know, I, I might feel very stressed out right now, but I'm safe. Mm -hmm. Or like, you know, I might be really worried about this thing coming up, but like, I'm still, I'm still safe. Right. Um, and I think people just underestimate how powerful that can be. Yeah. Yeah. I think self-affirmations is something that you have to like, 
the proof is in the pudding kind of thing. You don't really like see a lot of benefit from it unless you start doing it very consistently for, you know, two weeks, a month, however long. Like it has to be like a habit almost. It's not something that you do once and you like are suddenly cured. Yeah, solved. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, problem solved. And, you know, I want to talk a little bit, um, since both of our love languages are words of affirmation, a little bit about the other love languages, because I think this idea of, like, utilizing your love language for yourself Mm -hmm. is applicable across all love languages. So, like, totally, you know, if your love language is physical touch, there are very physical meditations you can do about, like, you know, there's mudras you can do with your hands or, like, holding things, or there's also physical meditations where you're thinking like what you're meditating on is physical sensation. So right. like I'm thinking about my hands or about my feet, my arm, like that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And you can hug yourself. Um, you can hug yourself. Yes. I think um, talking about sort of woo-woo self-care, you know, they have all the like jade rollers or right. foam rollers. Like yeah. Those things I think can be very soothing if your your um, love language is physical touch. Um, if it's receiving gifts, like doing nice things for yourself, buying yourself gifts, um, you know, not like talking about investing in yourself, like buy money, you know, spend your money on something that's silly if it makes you feel good, right. you know, like, and, and treat it like a gift to yourself. So like, even if you're just buying a shirt, like treat it like a gift to yourself, you know? Um, and then, you know, acts of service. I think we can like do things for ourselves that could be like, going to therapy that could be taking a bubble bath taking a walk um and of course quality time like the thing that really pops into my head first is like a meditation Mm -hmm. you know like turning off the screens learning how to sit with yourself right um yeah I think I'm reading a book I think by yourself yeah Mm -hmm. yeah reading a book taking a walk by yourself or maybe going on a hike um and really investing in that quality time with yourself Mm mm-hmm yeah, totally. Totally. Wow. I love all of those examples, um, especially the physical touch one, because I feel like that one's like, you know, people have a construct of what, you know, they think that kind of love language mm-hmm. is. And so for you to bring up the examples of the jade roller or the foam roller um, doing like lymphatic ma- drainage, lymphatic massages, yeah. um, you know, it even – Right, right. Yeah, there's like so many different ways that you you can get that. Um, really cool. Yeah, teach your dog uh, deep physical therapy or deep pressure therapy, <laughs> whatever it is. Right <laughs> for and yourself have a walk on your back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or and you know you can there are massages you can do like um, if you look up for like uh, acupuncture or pressure mm-hmm. points you can do like hand massages or like right. ear massages. Right. Um, things like that, that can be very grounding. Um, and I think a lot of it, all of this really comes back to, there's got to be intention behind it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you're not just gonna, um, you know, rub your earlobe because it's habit now. Like you have to kind of like stop and be like, I'm doing this because I care for myself. Same thing with words of affirmation. You can't just be like, you know, I am powerful and just like say that without thinking. Like you right. kind of have to like, I mean, part, I think part of, um, self-affirmations is you kind of have to like even if you don't really believe in it you have to like fake it till you make it believe in it Mm -hmm. you know you have to say it as though you really mean it and like lean into those words you know what I mean totally yeah that's kind of why it takes people you know like a month or two months for it to Mm -hmm. like really start coming to fruition yeah and I think any of these things that you start to do for yourself feels awkward at first totally like you know, the idea of giving yourself a hand massage is probably like, 
this is this is weird yeah. or like <laughs> you know if you know jade roller like doing um stuff on your face or like you said the lymphatic drain the little was it gua sha stuff yeah. like you might be like this is like I don't really notice a difference mm-hmm. or like this is weird and I think some of those like doubts make it less meaningful at first right and then the, the more practice you get the less awkward it is totally and the more sort of like benefits you see out of it yeah for sure how do we like this is probably a whole separate podcast topic but like how do we overcome those like little doubts and like awkwardness and uncomfortable stages of like doing things for ourselves <laughs> there's um there's actually a podcast um by Brene Brown yeah and it's called FFTs mm-hmm. have you yeah I have heard um, of that yeah yeah and so I think that's a big um the idea that like really the, you just go through it mm-hmm. it's just awkward and weird and you just do it anyways and you're just like, yep, yeah, this is awkward. Yeah. But I'm going to do it anyways. I think, like, as a society, there are so many people that just aren't willing to do uncomfortable things because, like, everything everything else is, like, so easily attainable and so accessible and, like, yeah. comfortable and just, like, it's there right in front of you. So to go through any kind of discomfort is just, like, a hardship in itself. Well. And, you know, thinking about, like, bringing us back to dogs, I think, like, that's so true with dogs, too, where mm-hmm. we're, like, you know, especially if you're struggling with reactivity and it's, like, well, I don't want to take my dog for a walk because it's embarrassing right. or it's hard. Um, and I, and at first it is. And sometimes – but I think, like, once you do it a few times, you kind of learn your routine, mm-hmm. you know, or you, you learn your paths, like, where where can I go that's, like, less crowded? Um or, you know, things like playing with your dog in public, you know, like people get very Mm self-conscious about that. Or like, if you're at a brewery and your dog's not settling, like there's so much of this idea that like, or our expectations for our dogs to get it perfect on the first time, like they have their like, you know, awkward, I don't know what I'm doing stages also. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That is so true to think about. Yeah. I, Oh gosh, so many thoughts are running through my head. Circling back to like how I said whenever I get um like I get insecure whenever I don't hear my love language, whenever I don't hear those words of affirmation, that was something that I really struggled with at first with Layla because I would try to do so much and it's like is this actually working? Does she appreciate it? Or, like, I used to get really, really upset whenever she would bark at me just because she's a very vocal dog. And I thought that barking meant that she was frustrated or angry or, you know, a negative Mm -hmm. emotion. I didn't really understand that sometimes dogs bark out of pure excitement because it's an energy release. And, Mm -hmm. like, that was really hard for me because I was – it was, like, the opposite of what – I needed to feel yeah. secure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think like, um, you know, thinking about struggling with our dogs, if you can identify their love language, number one, you can always like feel reassured that like, okay, yes. Like I know I'm fulfilling my dog's needs in a way that is meaningful to them. Um, and then I think you can also, uh, like I said, if you know, like your um, love language is words of affirmation. Although maybe Layla was barking at you because she knew that too. Right. Maybe. <laughs> um, but I think you can then be like, okay, well, obviously my dog can't turn around and be like, good job. Right. Mom. You're really, you're really, 
you know, championing this right now. But you can be like, okay, then I need to come up with my self-affirmation. Exactly. Like, I have a good job with my dog today. Or like, yes. I have fulfilled my dog's needs today. You know, my dog loves me. Right. Like, I love my dog. And then you don't necessarily need that. Right. From exactly. 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 And, like, that's what I was going to get at is that, like, it took me a really long time to, like, figure that out. <laughs> I would just, like, get yeah. upset and frustrated and, like, not know what to do. But then, you know, learning about myself, um, you know, figuring that out, sitting with myself, you know, seeing how I could provide for myself because, obviously, my dog can't give me those words of affirmation. Um you know, it's it's one of those things where you really have to like nurture and love yourself and be self-aware so that you can provide yeah. that and keep going. Because like if I wouldn't have figured that out, I mean, this is probably goes for, for a lot of things in our training journey. But like if I wouldn't have figured that out, I would have became so unmotivated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. Um, I think and, – and okay, this is really why I love the love languages is because I think it just – it really gets at this – root need yeah like and it's like what you need and so you can start to recognize whether it's from somebody else or from yourself um because like if you're not getting what you need like Mm -hmm. you can't be expected to thrive right like if you're not getting food or water or whatever like if your needs aren't being met you can't thrive and like there are emotional needs Mm -hmm. that you have to have met like we're very social creatures (laughs) you know humans and dogs right Um, and so like getting those needs met is so important to having like a healthy relationship, whether that's with somebody else or with yourself, um, or your dog for keeping, yeah, like (laughs) keeping that motivation. Right. Um, because of course, like, I mean, it's the same in a human relationship. Like, you know, if your needs aren't being met in a human relationship, like you kind of start to run out of motivation for contributing to the relationship. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Totally. A hundred percent. Yeah, that that was like a great summary of all of this. Um, <laughs> great, great summary. So to wrap it up, um, before I ask the final question, I just want to like quick rapid fire. What are June and Margot's love languages and what? how do you show it to them? So June's, and we've talked about this a lot, is receiving gifts. Mm-hmm. Hers is super obvious, super dominant. Um, Treats. And I show this. Yeah, treats is like definitely her jam. So like, um, we played sniffy games. Like she actually, it's my goal this year to try barn hunt because mm. she loves sniffing things out. I want to see if she. I mean, she doesn't eat the rats, so I don't yeah. know if she will be as motivated. But we'll see. Um, I just want to try it out, see how she likes it. So hiding treats, um, any kind of puzzle toy, whether it's like a, um, like a treat dispensing toy or even like a cardboard box or wrapping you know, treats in a towel, any of those kind of enrichment exercises are things that she absolutely loves to do. Um, Margo's is a little bit harder and I struggled with this a lot. Um, I, I think hers is quality time. And I will say kind of like my go-to hack, which this is probably not very you know, professional, but it's like, if you can't really identify your dog's love language, or it kind of seems like it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, it's probably quality time. Okay. Because like, if you think about this, like all the other love languages could be a form of quality time, right? Cuddling on the couch, talking to your dog in an excited voice, like all of those things could be quality time. Um, I think it's somewhere between words of affirmation and quality time. Right. As long as you're so, present with her, like that's the key yeah. thing. Yeah. And so she does, Margo does love toys, especially like weird squeaky or like weird noise toys. Mm-hmm. So like whether it's a, a squeaky toy or like the, the crunchy water bottle type right. toys, you know, she loves those weird noises. 
Um, and then anything that's just like really being present with her. So whether that's training or um, sitting on the couch in the morning with coffee and cuddles or playing with her, like it has to be very present. <laughs> mm-hmm. That makes sense. Which is great for me. <laughs> yeah, totally. It kind of like forces you to to be more mindful and be more present, which is something that everyone could could practice. I think for totally. Layla, it's it's probably the acts of service. And now that you say that, like I feel like it could be quality time as well because she is a very like all or nothing dog whenever you're with her in terms of like mm-hmm. she's not going to give you everything if you're not going to give her everything. Yeah. So I could totally see how it's might be quality time as well. Margot is like, I, um, I wouldn't have thought of her as a Velcro dog. Cause in my head, like Velcro dogs are dogs that like, want to be in your lap at all times. Like they're, they're physical touch dogs, but it's like, Margot just wants to be in the same room with mm-hmm. like, she doesn't necessarily sometimes, you know, recently, especially as she, she's, um, three, she's going to turn four this year. Um, and I feel like since she's like fully matured, she's gotten a lot more cuddly than she was as a puppy. Um, but she does like, you know, she may not be next to me on the couch, but she wants to be on the couch with me or like, she won't be like snuggling with me in bed, but she'll come and hang out in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. Like, even if I'm showering, like she'll come and hang out in the bedroom. Like she just wants to be in the same space. And I think that's another good sign of quality time where it's like, we don't have to be like touching or playing or doing anything. I just want to be in the same room. Yeah. Yep. That, that makes sense. And Layla is like that too. So the more that we talk about it, the more that quality time could actually be yeah. one of Layla's love languages as well. Yeah. And of course, like like I said, there's always, um, it's probably more common than not for dogs and people to have more than one love language. Yep. Um, so I would think June's actually is um, receiving gifts and physical touch because she is a very snuggly dog, which is funny because she was not snuggly when we adopted her. Um, and she's not super snuggly with strangers, but like with me and Brady, mm-hmm. she is... She is like curled up, touching your leg at all times, or like always wants to have her paws on you so you can scratch her chest. She's a very um, physical dog. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's funny. Okay. So, to wrap up, I would love to know what having a dog mom mentality currently means to you. You know, I think this goes back to my um, sort of the thing that I've been reflecting on a lot this last year of like your relationship with your dog is not that different than your relationship with anybody else. Um, It requires the same mindfulness and intention. It requires the same compromise. I Mm -hmm. think any kind of relationship, there's a certain level of, I feel like compromise tends to have a negative connotation to it, but you know, it's not a negative thing. I think it's this idea of like, oh, your love language is physical touch. Mine is words of affirmation. So now we can both contribute towards that. Um, so I think it's the same with dogs, like recognizing your dog's limits and that like, if your dog doesn't like swimming, there's nothing wrong with them. Mm-hmm. You, they don't have to like swimming to be like a real dog. Right. You know? Or like, if they don't like other dogs, that's fine. They don't have to like other dogs to be like a good dog. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and so I think having a dog mom mentality is really about, you know, dog mom gets such a bad rep yeah. as like, you know, over the top or it's anthropomorphizing or whatever. But to me, I think it's like showing that intentionality with that relationship. Um, between you and your dog. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like intentional, that's like one of the words that I commonly use to describe dog mom mentality. And I think it just like sums it up really, really well because it's like I, 
the way that I came up with it was like, I wouldn't be in this position to have all of these conversations, all this like emotional, like growth, personal growth, if I wasn't a dog mom. And so it's like, you know, I have to like come back to, to that. And then now it's like, I'm so intentional with my time. I'm intentional with Layla and it's trickled over into so many other aspects of my life. So it's like, I was a dog mom and then it's taught me all these things that has given me this mentality throughout all of these areas and aspects of my life. It's so funny. I think, I think like having, when you have a relationship with a dog and you really start to like dig into that relationship and think about it, like, although the relationship with your dog is totally a two-way relationship in many ways, like as, as the human, you kind of have to think for both parties. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you start to do that where you're like, um, I I mean, you know, for example, there's that phrase, like your dog isn't giving you a hard time. They're having a hard time. And so it's like you as the human are the one who has to sort of, um, rise above the situation and be like, okay, what's missing here? Like what's the missing piece? Mm -hmm. And I think that level of awareness starts to apply to yourself Mm -hmm. where you're like, you know, oh, well, I'm doing all of, you know, I'm not giving myself a hard time. I'm having a hard time. You know, you start to apply the same logic. Yeah. It makes you so much more aware of, you know, the different, all the relationships in your life, your relationship with yourself. You know, if, if you're willing to spend all this time training your dog, creating, you know, the, the topple masterpiece, taking your dog for a walk, then you can have that time to do similar things for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and I think like being a dog parent <laughs> teaches you that, helps give you that awareness. Right. Yep. Totally. Uh, literally claps all around. Mic drop there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so, so much um, for, yeah, for thank coming you. on the podcast. Um it's been really exciting to have you on again as as the first guest of the new year. And I will drop your uh, blog post about dog love languages and your blog uh, in the description. So if you want to go check it out, there's a quiz on Blair's website that you can take about your dog's love language to, to kind of help you figure it out. And like she said, there's tons of quizzes online that you can take to figure out your own love language or like your partner's love language or your friends, whatever. Um, and I hope this this episode starts everyone's year off right with like thinking yeah. and being a little bit more intentional and open to receiving and open to giving. Yeah. 2023, the year of relationships. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Relationship with yourself, with your dog, with everybody. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Blair. Yeah. Thanks, Caroline. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Dog Mom Mentality Podcast. My name is Caroline. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Dog Mom Mentality. And if you haven't already, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you are listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And if nothing else, I hope you get to play with your dog today.